Mark, your article that was published in the September issue of JNIS uh, looking at the impact of diabetes on the extent of PL collaterals uh, and ischemic uh, stroke patients was one of the editor's choice articles. So I, I just wanted to ask you a few questions about the article and give you a chance to expand your ideas a little bit further uh, in this conversation. So uh, I guess the first question, why did you choose to look at diabetes? What was the rationale for looking at that condition in relationship to peel collaterals in stroke patients? Thank you for asking me to discuss the paper here. In acute ischemic stroke, uh, with occlusion of large or medium-sized vessels, uh, the arterial supply to that territory of the brain is insufficient and results in the ischemic stroke. Often the peel collateral supply uh, to that territory plays an important role in sustaining uh, that threatened vascular territory. The role of various diseases and comorbidities on the uh, peel collaterals has not been well explored. In ischemic stroke, we uh, certainly see a large population of patients with diabetes. Diabetes has been shown to affect collateral supply in other organ systems, uh, particularly in uh, coronary uh, collateral supply, peripheral vascular supply, there's a reduction in, in the amount of uh, uh, collateral supply. Whereas in uh, systems such as uh, in the retina, we see uh, an improvement in uh, or an increase in neovascularization. So this variability in the different organ systems um, uh, is present. We wanted to know whether or not there was a relationship between diabetes or non-diabetes and the extent of peel collaterals in acute ischemic stroke patients. Do you know of past uh, models for this, specifically in the brain, and not necessarily in relationship to stroke, but just in the degree of you know paucity of potential collaterals or increased collaterals uh, in relationship to diabetes? The uh, relationship between collaterals and diabetes and the effect that diabetes may have on collaterals has not been well studied. There have been animal models. Uh, there is an animal model that uh, was published uh, showing neovascularization measured in control rats compared with those with type 2 diabetes uh, after a, a middle cerebral artery occlusion. Oh, okay. Diabetic rats had augmented uh, neovascularization and uh, developed a smaller infarct size. Uh, both angiogenesis and uh, arteriogenesis were observed, suggesting that there's an adaptive mechanism of capillary sprouting and a remodeling of native collaterals into functional arterials. Can you talk a little bit uh, just about the design of your study and the results that you, you found? Sure. This is a, uh, a retrospective analysis. We actually looked at databases from two institutions, and uh, we looked at uh, information from patients who presented with acute ischemic stroke and underwent emergent uh, catheter angiography. Uh, we only looked at patients with middle cerebral artery occlusions, uh, particularly because of the uh, grading scale that we chose. Uh, the grading scale that we used uh, to evaluate the peel collaterals was that described by uh, uh, Christophorides and colleagues. The grading scale uh, that Christophorides uh, described uses middle cerebral artery occlusions and essentially isolates the vascular bed between the middle cerebral artery and anterior cerebral artery and allows for uh, 
specific comparison of collateral flow with those occlusions. The grading system essentially divides it into five categories of scoring for collateral supply, depending on the extent of retrograde opacification from the anterior cerebral artery through the peel collateral supply into the distal middle cerebral artery territory. We looked at patients with middle cerebral artery occlusions only uh, because we were using this grading scale. That makes sense. This does limit us to evaluating only occlusions in the middle cerebral artery, the anterior circulation, and there may be differences between the anterior and posterior uh, cerebral circulation. So was there a way to account for population variability in anterior cerebral artery vasculature or, or anatomy? Uh, for example, if you have an isolated MCA system with a hypoplastic A1, obviously, you know, that may affect collaterals. Did you take that into account at all? That's a very good point. Uh, we did not take that into account, uh, and uh, that may certainly have affected our results. Uh, additionally, I think that the uh, collateral supply uh, through the posterior cerebral artery uh, contributing mm -hmm. to the middle cerebral artery territory was not evaluated using this grading scale. Okay. And then can you talk a little about the results that you obtained? So we identified 104 patients uh, that met our criteria, including a middle cerebral artery occlusion and underwent emergent angiography for revascularization therapy. When we looked at the collateral supply, which we dichotomized into good grades, grades one and two on the Christopheridis grading scale, and poor grades, grades three through five, there was no association between diabetes and the peel collateral grade. This was a small series, however, we do have about 80% power to detect a two-fold difference in peel collaterals between those patients with diabetes and those patients without diabetes. So you found no difference um, between the diabetic population and the non-diabetic population in relationship to peel collaterals. Um, and you mentioned that this was a relatively small retrospective study. Um, what implications do you think that this study might have for further further study designs? Well, I think that this is helpful in understanding the usefulness of uh, looking at a peel collateral grading scale and evaluating uh, characteristics um, of the peel collaterals and factors that may impact them. Mm -hmm. I think that we'll need to uh, explore this further as far as other comorbidities that may relate to peel collateral supply, such as hypertension, smoking, comorbidities that we see with our acute stroke patients uh, that may help us better understand peel collateral supply and the support of the uh, threatened vascular territory, as well as help us identify markers that may be predictors for those who would benefit from revascularization therapies. That sounds reasonable. So you're talking more about a study design, uh, you know, because this was really uh, sort of a univariant study, uh, so you're talking maybe about a, sort of a multivariant study design looking at you know other potential comorbidity factors that may affect peel collaterals? Absolutely, and I think the other thing that we can learn from this is the usefulness of grading scales. This was uh, only one grading scale that uh, is available to look at peel collaterals. There are a couple of other grading scales, including the ASITN-SIR grading scale that was put mm -hmm. forward in the 
trial design and reporting standards for intraarterial cerebral thrombolysis for acute ischemic stroke, uh, as well as the uh, grading scale uh, proposed by Qureshi. These other skills do also incorporate uh, evaluating collateral supply, and they, they do so in, in slightly different ways. The Christophorides grading scale really uh, looks at isolated middle cerebral artery occlusions only. The ASITN-SIR grading scale does uh, include an element of uh, how fast uh, filling occurs. But I still think that this is very challenging in, in using a grading scale that is nimble enough to be able to be used in uh, clinical trials and also for the practicing neurointerventionalist yet something that includes enough information to which we can use that to guide us in therapy decisions uh, and management options. You're right. If the grading system becomes too cumbersome, <laughs> you know, it won't be useful. Uh, you know, I was wondering for future study designs whether it might be beneficial to use other physiological imaging in combination with the, um, you know, anatomical grading s system that you guys have used, uh, for example, you know, using CTP data or MR diffusion-perfusion mismatch, um, just sort of as a correlation correlation and, and a surrogate for collateral supply analysis. But again, the more layers you put on, you know, it may be more difficult to accomplish, I guess. Absolutely. I think that adding those other modalities will be complementary, I think, in better understanding some of these questions. Certainly, it will add to the complexity, but uh, the more information that we get from it will probably be more helpful in better understanding peel collaterals, the pathophysiologic characteristics in acute ischemic stroke, and how we can use those in selecting patients who would benefit from uh, the various therapies and management strategies. Well, Mark, that's all I have. Thank you very much for talking with me and, and explaining your study. I congratulate you on your work. Um, anything additional that you would like to add? No, I'd just like to uh, say thank you again for allowing me to discuss our work. Uh, I think that this is a very exciting area as far as investigating uh, further characteristics of acute ischemic stroke that have not been fully explored. And I think that there is a, a lot of work to be done, and I think it's a very uh, exciting time for, for this area of, uh, of investigation.